Welcome back to the Let's Call It Nothing podcast, where we discuss all things fangirl. Our unhinged podcast. It won't be that unhinged today, y'all. Excuse me. We have a perfect level. It's called We Do It the Night Before, which is where we either get drunk or too exhausted to even Uh function as human beings. And it's hilarious. And then the next two or three, (laughs) we're either hungover or still tired. So it's... I'm like, okay, this morning. I'm tired. I woke up at 6.42 for no reason. I woke up at 6.12. Okay. I had turned up the AC so it was warmer. Mm-hmm. I think that was part of it. Mm. I like to have things cold so that I can bundle up. Mm-hmm. So I was bundled up and I wasn't cold. Yeah, I, I was trying to be respectful. I know the exact time you got up because that's another time I rolled over on the air mattress. <laughs> also, none of my curtains do anything for the sunlight. No, it didn't. So, because I like the sunlight and I don't like for it to be covered up. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. <laughs> don't apologize. It's fine. And it what, rises like right here so that it just shines in. <laughs> what bothered me last night was that I laid down. You know how I joked because we have a phantom light here in uh, the studio slash Caitlin's living room. And <laughs> Reba had an air mattress and we were going to bed and all of a sudden the phantom light, which turned off during recording last night, like popped back on. And I was like, dang it. I wish it would have turned on right when Reba laid down and got comfy because that's how Reba's life works and that's how everything needs to be for her. Yeah, it is how my life works because, I, I mean, that's part of the bad luck of the week in which I pressed the emergency call button in the elevator accidentally. Oh, yeah, that happened this week. Wait, did people show up? I don't remember. I don't know if they did or not. I, like, tried to tell them. You got the hell out of Dodge? Well, I, like, I, it kept repeating an foot. automated oh. message. Oh. And then I was like... I need to go tell someone because I kept trying to say like through there that no one's stuck in the elevator. Mm-hmm. So I went down to the stock room. It was like accidentally pressed the button and I tried to tell them, but nothing went through. And he's like, that's okay. We'll talk to them. So I don't know if anyone Maybe showed up or not. Even whenever people are stuck, no one shows up. So like, I mean, it's, mm, I wouldn't <laughs> be shocked. Back to what I was saying. So I lay down on my air mattress in my room and <laughs> all of a really sudden. put a sign on the door that says Peyton's room. I know. I'm getting it. It's really cute um and anyway so i'm laying down and all of a sudden a a light comes on outside i guess the light oh yeah it's out there yeah i guess it is like flickering or something because it was like really dark and then all of a sudden boop I think they put up a new pole. I think it was ah. the pole that was in my yard for months. That, that makes sense. sense. <laughs> yeah. Because one day I was like, oh, that pole's no longer there. Yes. Just laying in my yard was a light pole. And I was like, I can't do anything with this. And I don't know who to tell about this. Like, I'll tell my landlady, but she'll just be like, okay. I just like, I love that you were just like, there's this random pole, but I guess I'm just going to leave it here. Nobody told me about it. Just two or three months. It was just sitting in my yard. So I was like, I guess look around to it. It's local like, government, too, for you. Yeah. I'm in a really small town right now. I mean, that's government, like, local government oh, yeah. anywhere. Anyway, anyway, back to it. Sorry, we had to have some, some tea. Just some tea. <laughs> some tea that could not stay on record. Yeah. Okay, so we're back at it. We were talking about A Court of Thorns and Roses by Sarah J. Mass. And what happened last time? Uh, They did the nasty, and then Tamlin sent her back home because he was done with her after that. Oh, <laughs> dang. You're just saying it like that? Feyre. 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 So we're starting back on Chapter 29. She is going back home to her family in the human realms. So, Farah is making up lies about staying with a fake aunt, which didn't take much effort. So, the story that her family knows that Tamlin and the people who helped them, I guess, embedded in her family's head was that she was staying with this sick aunt. Tamlin sent her back with many clothes and jewels. Not cut jewels, but the raw, hulking jewels that cost fortunes. So, he used her, but he also made sure she would. Paid her handsomely. (laughs) Prostitution! Yep. Her father was currently itemizing them. Yeah, he's currently itemizing it. Like, life is good for Tamlin's dad. Or, not Tamlin's dad. (laughs) Life is dad. dad. (laughs) Life is good for Farrah's dad. Uh, You know, he had that sparkle back in his eye. He was becoming, he was a merchant again. Because he got money and wealth back and he didn't have to do to get it. Nope. Yeah. 
So he's like, life is good. Luck is coming my way. And I'm like, and then sure. And then it's this part. Sorry. After all that, her father was currently itemizing the jewels. Uh, Tamlin had also given him a salve to heal his leg. And he had something to do with his life now that didn't seem so he didn't seem as depressed or hazy or lazy, I guess. Yeah. Hazy, lazy. (laughs) And Elaine was doing what she does. Her gardening. Blah. <laughs> Peyton wrote blah, and, but she asked me if I wrote it. <laughs> that's something I would write. Yeah. I'm like, honestly, I don't think I wrote it in the book. But yeah, I would definitely write that. I yeah. didn't. It was me. Yes. Sometimes so I don't. One and the same sometimes. <laughs> yeah. It's that whole soulmate principle. Yeah. Since we're the same, it's hard to decide which one <laughs> said what. Elaine talked about going to the continent. Vera told her that it would be nice. And she talks about how, like, she hasn't seen much of the world. And after her experience and everything in Prithian with Tamlin, she's like, okay, like, my life doesn't have to be this thing I always saw that it was going to be. Like, mm-hmm. I can go out and do things for myself and see things and then Farah asked about her which her Elaine no her Farah uh, about Elaine missing the social art season when they went on the trip oh okay yeah so Farah asked Elaine about how she would feel about missing the socialized season when going on the trip to travel and whenever I hear the words the season I think of Bridgerton because now I know what that means Elaine told her how strange it was that everyone in town acted like their family had been sick or traveling for the past eight years. She was like, we've been poor all this time and they wanted nothing to do with us, but suddenly they're cool with us. But Elaine's just like, okay. Yeah, Yeah. she's just real chill. And Elaine Elaine was like, I miss our cottage. Mm -hmm. She's like, I miss our cottage because all the, like, they know that these people are fake now Mm -hmm. because once they slid into poverty, these people didn't help them. She was like, Mm -hmm. I miss our cottage. Elaine just wants simplicity. Mm -hmm. Like, she just wants to garden, you know? Elaine told her it was all strange and their father was always gone and Nesta had quit the social season halfway into it with no explanation. And, like, from the story, this part in particular, I was like, oh, because she said, Nesta didn't finish her season. She wouldn't tell me why. She began refusing every invitation. She hardly talks to anyone. And I feel wretched when my friends pay a visit because she makes them so uncomfortable when she stares at them in that way of hers. Maybe you could talk to her. And like as a reader, you might think, oh, Nesta's being Nesta. Mm-hmm. But like before, Nesta was so willing to marry this guy and everything. And mm-hmm. she was just willing to get out of the situation. Then suddenly, Nesta's kind of looking at everyone like kind of suspiciously. Yeah. And I was like, Nesta knows something is up. Mm-hmm. Like every time I read this, I'm like, Nesta knows something is up. Because Kaylin never remembers anything that exactly. happens in the book. Yep. And so, yes, Elaine's like, hey, can you talk to Nesta? <laughs> for me because Elaine can't have that conversation with Nesta Elaine and Nesta like Nesta loves Elaine and Elaine's cool with Nesta but like it's a really weird dynamic it is because they are so different and Elaine would never step on anyone's toes mm-hmm. and Nesta would stomp on your toes except Elaine's mm-hmm. so like their conversations just would not go the way they needed to Farah's always going to be the middleman. Uh, when Farah stays silent, Elaine told her that Nesta went to go see her once. But I did mark some stuff. Um, she talks about, doesn't she like go to their cottage? Doesn't Farah like go look at their cottage or whatever? And she's looking out at the woods. Yeah, she stands outside of it at some point. Yeah. So she's looking out in the woods and she's like, it's been so terrifying once, so lethal and hungry and brutal. And now it just seemed plain and ordinary. So this thing that was once so scary to her, like scary looking, after being in the fairy world, she's like, like yeah. this is just plain and ordinary. And then I guess Elaine is also there because she says that Elaine looked at the cottage with hope. I had looked at it with nothing but hatred. And now I knew which one of us had been stronger. So I made a note of this. And I don't remember exactly what I meant here. But I said, I find this interesting. Is it to bring up Farah's fears? So like how Farah doesn't think she's strong mm-hmm. or just to bring up Elaine's strengths being in different areas. Because you find out a lot more about Elaine as the series goes on and how yeah. strong she is. I think it's to show where I think Farah is a pragmatist. Elaine is an optimist and she's mm-hmm. viewing that optimism as a strength. Okay. Yeah. Because she saw the cottage and was thought it was hope, whereas mm-hmm. Farah thought, okay, this is not mm-hmm. 
a place, you know, this is a bad place. This mm-hmm. is, a, you know, a place of struggle and everything. And Elaine saw it as like, oh, it's quaint. It's our home. I mean, you think back, okay, at the beginning, Pharaoh was like, I'm doing everything for my family. Like, mm-hmm. I'm giving them everything I can. And then whenever Tamlin's like, really, they're better off right now. Like, I've given them all these things whenever Pharaoh's gone. And she's like, okay, maybe everything I did was insignificant. And then coming back and seeing her family, you mm-hmm. know, back at it and her dad's the only one who's really happy about it yeah and elaine's like well i actually miss our own life our old life mm-hmm. they was like well like that's the life that i kind of built and yeah. i was still like i'm not trying hard enough chapter 30 farah goes back to their old village and hands out the poorest in the village money while farah was walking back nesta's former fiance and his cronies were talking about some house that burned down in the village she wondered why nesta had changed her mind about marrying him he looked a little too long at her but she just kept walking when she was almost out of the village she ran into isaac her former hookup buddy they both nodded at each other they're like up. Farrah realized she, oh, and she, like he's with his new wife at this point too. And, and he she, looks like a man now evidently. Apparently he's not a boy anymore. He's a man. Man, what a man. What a man. What a mighty good man. That's what Reba heard all morning. All morning. We just kept singing. Yeah, I have to watch the clip from Cinderella that I was watching though. That comes later. Farrah realized she felt nothing for him but possibly a little gratitude. Farrah's doing something I honestly couldn't care less about or this is later, Farrah's doing something I honestly couldn't care less about, and Nesta tells her that if she ever wanted to fit into society, she would have to wear gloves and never take them off. What is she doing that you don't care about? She was digging a hole, but for what? I don't remember. I know there's like dirt underneath her nails. Yeah, she's digging a hole, but it's like... Like, bury herself at this point. And it's it's because, like, her hands are so calloused and everything. And and Nesta's like, you should just might as well wear gloves for the rest of your life. Nesta asked her why she was there. Farrah tells her that this is her home. Nesta tells her it isn't and that she knows that the aunt is a lie. (gasps) Nesta, no! She tells her that the glamour didn't work on her. She's like, apparently all you need is an iron strong wheel. Not so shockingly, it doesn't work on Nesta. Everyone else believes about Aunt Ripley and everything. Mm -hmm. But Nesta's like, nah. She's like, well, the first thing she says is like, I think your home is somewhere far away. Mm -hmm. And Vera's like, huh? (laughs) She's like, Aunt Ripley isn't real. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course you know. Of course, of course. She tried to go to Prithian. Nesta did. She had hired the mercenary Farah had sold to the pelt to. Farah asked her about her old fiance, and Nesta told her she'd realized he wouldn't have gone to Prithian to save Farah with her. Yeah, and like when Farah like finds out that Nesta went after her, she is shocked. Mm-hmm. She. It's Nesta's Nesta. And she's yeah. like, Nesta doesn't give a shit about me. Like, mm-hmm. she she let me go with the rest of my family. Like, mm-hmm. she never cared about me. Mm-hmm. And she went after me? And I'm like, of course she did. And you remember at the beginning of the book, like, there's all, there was that line that has never made sense to me that was like, we're two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. And this is the point where the two sides of the t- same coin make sense. Yeah. Because both of them would go after each other. Like, they're practical enough to wear, well... Nesta can handle her own or Farrah can handle her own but if something were really wrong they're gonna go after each other I was like oh this is sweet this is Nesta's redemption arc that she will uh, crush (laughs) and then and then rebuild and And then then crush it again she's she's got a bad habit of that like I said like like, I said she can only be nice for like two days and then it's like "Mm, nope even then, it may be. That may be a little too long for her. All right, here's a quote from the book. I looked at my sister, really looked at her, at this woman who couldn't stomach the sycophants, who now surrounded her, who had never spent a day in the forest, but had gone into wolf territory, who had shrouded the loss of our mother, then our downfall, in icy rage and bitterness, because the anger had been a lifeline, the cruelty a release. But she had cared. Beneath it, she had cared and perhaps loved more fiercely than I could comprehend, more deeply and loyal. Aww. Yeah. I thought that was a really good, really good point. Yeah, I love before that when she says, my hateful cold sister had been willing to brave Prithian to rescue me. Mm -hmm. Like, the hateful (laughs) does it. Nesta told her to... 
to tell her everything that happened. And so she did. When she'd finished her story, Nesta just stared at her for a long time before telling Feyre to teach her how to paint. She didn't ask. She said, teach me how to paint. Aww. But if it's canon that Feyre's a bad painter, painter, this is hilarious. Nesta's just grinning and bearing it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That's whenever I was like, your sibling never make you do something. And you're just like, Okay. (laughs) When they had finished painting, Nesta told her that she wondered if their father even remembered almost letting them starve to death. Thera reminded her that she had spent every copper Farah could get. Nesta told her that she knew Farah could always get more, and if she couldn't, she wanted their father to prove that he could fight for them. She couldn't take care of them the way Farah did, and she hated Farah for it, hated her father more for it, and still hated him. This is when you find out why Nesta does the things that she does. Yes, yeah. I mean, I'm still not great, No, but I understand it more. Mm-hmm. And Nesta explained she hated her father for not fighting for their mother's life, not searching the world for a cure. Pharaoh told her that he loved her and still grieved for her. Nesta pointed out that Pharaoh would do anything to save her high lord. Pharaoh agreed and went to her room to get ready. I love Nesta. We know yeah. that. We know that. I'm a little bit justified in my reasons now. I mean, she's going to screw it up. Yeah. We, we need to quit alluding to that. <laughs> I mean, she's Nesta. Like, yeah. And I hate whenever you have this really mean character who just suddenly improves. Just all overnight. And you're like, okay, they were a fun time, and now they're boring. Yeah. <laughs> also, um, at, back at the beginning of that chapter, Pharaoh is digging a plot of land for Elaine to garden in. Um, that's that's what she was doing. He's not just digging a random asshole. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't care enough to even pay attention. Yeah, I didn't think you did, but also I thought you clarify said that. I couldn't care less about what she's doing. <laughs> I mean, it was just like Pharaoh emphasizing that you don't like gardening from a woman who planted flowers this year. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not that. It's just that Pharaoh just does and there's. No rhyme or reason to it most of the time, so I don't even try at this point. Here, there's a reason here. Elaine was just talking about her old garden, and so Farah's being a good sister and making her a new garden. Mm -hmm. All right, chapter thirty-one. Farah went to the ball, which was being thrown in her honor. Her father mentions buying the Bedore land when he when it goes on sale for one of the girls. Farah asked what had happened, and Elaine told her the entire family died in a fire, and they couldn't find any part of Claire's body. The fire was so bad. Vera then realized that this was because she had given recent Claire's name. She tells them not to follow her. Well, okay, back up a second. Vera decides that she's going to go back now. <laughs> yeah, this is the part. Sorry, I was supposed to interrupt. That's why I didn't put that there. And then I, and then I was noticing the bubble drips on my muck. Anyway, ADD. <laughs> so Vera does not decide to go back for Tamlin. Yeah, she's told that the better family the door family their house caught on fire uh claire is nowhere to be seen and favor's like that's because of me because i said i was her and that's when she decides to go to prithian she feels bad i would too she's like i've gotta make this right she's like i got someone killed i got a whole family killed so not for tamlin favor has like bad guilt yeah, like, she does. She, yeah, she has a guilt complex. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then, so she's telling this to her family. She tells them not to follow her. If there was anything that sounded like danger from the Fae, yeah. to run for a ship and not look back. She immediately goes and puts on a tunic and pants. Nesta, Nesta helps her and tells her that they don't need her not to come back and to be with her high lord instead. And then Pharaoh proceeds to tell her all the actual truths about fairies so that fairies can lie and iron does nothing to them. Ash is the only thing that will kill them and to buy as much of it as they can and get Elaine to grow it. Nesta asks her what Feyre thinks she can do to help when she's just a human and a high lord couldn't manage to fix it. Of course she does. Yeah. She's got a point she's though. Like, you gotta go back but also what are you gonna do? <laughs> and then Feyre says she doesn't know but she had to try. During this like combo towards the end and Feyre's like yeah, there is going to be a better world out there, Nesta, and I will find you again. And Nesta's like, don't bother with me. I don't think I'll even like fairies. I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh. I think Nesta was born to be a fairy, honestly. She's got the personality she, she trait. Like a fairy, too. Like. Yeah. She's got the personality trait. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Of a lot of like what would be a 
a fairy woman. Let's see. When Feyre came down, Elaine had a horse, satchel, and food ready for her. Elaine threw her arms around around her and told her she remembered everything now. I said, how? Suddenly, how? Why is the spell suddenly broken? Because she said she was going back. So those words went... I think the, the combination of what they're talking about... About hit... Like, okay. Because, like, she, they knew of it previously, and then he puts, like, the glamour spell whatever over them, and I think bringing up the things that happen, actually mm-hmm. happen, like, causes it to break. I wonder if there were, like, little moments, though, where, like, Elaine and her dad would, like, get, like, flashes. I think that's a possibility. And be like, wait, wait a second. Yeah. Like, did that happen? Mm-hmm. No, it didn't happen. Did that must be on? a dream. Yeah. And the two of them would be the ones to ignore it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, that might have been why I never worked on Nesta in the first place. Like, I mean, she said an iron will, but as soon as they put the spell on her, maybe for a few seconds it might have worked. Then she's getting the flash and she's like, nah, hold up. Mm-hmm. Unless secretly. Wait, real. I was like, unless secretly Elaine, like, just pretended that. <laughs> Dark Elaine. <laughs> I need. I would love her. <laughs> Pharaoh rode for two days and had to spend overnight by the wall trying to find a way in. She eventually found the entrance and recognized the forest. She then proceeded to ride up to the manor, but it felt quiet. She walked into it and it had been completely trashed. She calls for Tamlin and then Lucian, but no one there was no one there, and she sank to her knees. <laughs> Good luck. Okay, so I'm a very oh good. I'm a very lazy note taker, and when they go through a bunch of backstory, I'm like, you I ain't running page numbers. Yeah, that would probably be a little helpful. <laughs> no, I'm it's okay. Just... I think with Acomath, I'm gonna be more intense on my own notes because mm-hmm. I'm annotating, and hopefully, I'll start reading it earlier. <laughs> So we're on chapter 32. There is in the house, in the manor, in the spring court. No one's there, seemingly. It's trashed. So she gave herself one minute to break down before gathering herself and assessing the situation. And this is literally Feyre in a nutshell. Yeah. Like, she's like, okay, I will cry for a minute and then I'm good. This is also me. <laughs> yeah, it very much is, you know. <laughs> I'm like, break down. Me picturing you face planning into I my bed, sobbing. that. <laughs> Y'all, it's not even for good reasons. It was about Gilmore Girls. <laughs> and Reva was like, oh, what is wrong with this? Person. I've known her for too long and this has never happened before. It was just funny because you like held it in through the entirety of watching it and then at the end you go to leave my room and then your face just crumples and you face flat into my bed. It's literally <laughs> me though. I held it in the whole day and then I have a meltdown for just a couple minutes and then I'm good. See, not me. <laughs> so there were no bodies in the manor, which meant that everyone had to be alive. Tamlin had to be alive. She found something while walking around. Something. 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 Just something. She found something walking around. Yeah, she found something walking around. (laughs) That's what I said. (laughs) She realized it was Alice. So Alice was walking. Is that what you're trying to say? I was like, I said the words, right? Did I add something? You said while. I was like, the first time. That changes everything. Everything. (laughs) Something while walking around. So... Alice was there. Alice is alive. Vera asked her if Tamlin and Lucian are still alive. And Alice is like, why are you back? Why are you here? Why are you here? You were told to leave, Vera, you stupid human. Vera told her that she thought something had gone wrong. She had to be sure that everything was okay. Clearly it's not. Alice told her that Amarantha took Tamlin under the mountain because he couldn't break the curse she put on him. And now she was going to break him in front of all the other High Lords. Explain Amarantha's <laughs> backstory. Then explain what she did to the High Lords in the lands. Explain the curse. Okay. <laughs> so. There's a lot of information. There's a lot. So, this is the moment where Feyre's like, okay, Alice, please tell me what's going on because I'm still in the dark. I've gone through all this I left and I came back. Please tell me what's going on. Who is Amarantha? And so um, she starts talking about this curse and Feyre's like, what curse? And she's like, oh, Alice says, Amarantha is the high queen of this land, the high queen of Prithian. And Vera's confused. She's like, no, there are just the seven lords in Prithian. Um, despite me thinking that 
claimed that he was the <laughs> high lord for the end, which I thought he was joking anyway, so yeah. he's just a high lord. And Faye was like, there's no such thing as a high queen, which we've mentioned before. And she said, oh, well, it's not like there wasn't. And, yeah. then, and <laughs> then she showed up and was like, I am. bitch, I'm the high queen. Yeah. And yes. she, made, she made the position that yeah. I'm, I'm fulfilling this role. It's like Reese when he decided he was the high lord of Prithian. <laughs> So, yeah, she showed up and she was like, I'm the high queen. So she went from court to court, charming all the high lords with talk of more trade between Highburn and Prithian, which Highburn is like the, the country dogs. all. <laughs> yeah, it's like a little island country. It's not little, it's a landmass, but <laughs> it's off from Prithian. Uh, that there would be trade, more communication, more sharing of assets. They called her the never fading flower. And for 50 years, she lived here as a cur- courtier. Courtier? How do you say that? Courtier. Courtier. Bound to no court, making amends, she claimed, for her own actions and actions of the high burn of high burn during the war. So she's seeming like this, you know, doing it for the right things kind of gal. Mm-hmm. She's playing the game. And Feyre asked about her fighting and Marantha fighting in the war against the mortals. And Alice says that the story is a legend and a nightmare that Amarantha was the king of Highburn's most lethal general. She fought in the front line, slaughtering humans and any high fae and fairies who dared defend them. She had a younger sister, though. Polythia? I guess. I hate that because it sounds like other things. Yeah, it does. <laughs> sounds like a genitalia. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, and Clithia fought by Amarantha's side and they... And Clithia was as vicious and wretched as she was until she fell in love with a mortal warrior named Jurian. Jurian commanded mighty human armies. Mm-hmm. But Clithia. So on the other side of the war. Yes. Well, He's a yeah. human. Yeah. And Clithia just couldn't help but love him yeah. for no reason. She- it turns out that he was a spy. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Caitlin's like. Are you going to teleport me now? <laughs> well, I don't want you just reading from... I mean, I know you're summarizing, but yeah. I figured I'd help you out a little bit and give you a few. Yeah. But, like, Clithia didn't notice this about Jareen. And Marantha was like, something's up with this man. Yeah, also, isn't he's it? a human, like... He's a human and... In a war. <laughs> y'all are in a war... With them. With the humans. And here you are. But Amarantha was like, oh, I... Like... Clithia's not going to leave him, but also I don't want to kill him because that'll make Clithia really sad. And while Amarantha loved torturing and killing people and Faye and everyone, yeah. she also and everything. Loved, she loved her sister. And well, that's like, good. I'm about to say, that's probably the only yeah. thing she loved. That's that energy. And <laughs> <laughs> was like, but what happened next? Jurian betrayed Clithia. Obviously, because he was a spy. It says, after months of stomaching being her lover, he got the information he needed and tortured and butchered her, crucifying her with ashwood so she couldn't move while he did it. So he killed her brutally Yeah, after sleeping with her and claiming to love her. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, he's not that great either. No, he's not. (laughs) I keep wanting to read his name as Justin, and I'm like... Why? I don't know. I just do. The J-U yeah. and then the, there's an I in there and the N. Suzanne. Suzume. No difference. <laughs> he left Clithia in pieces for Amarantha to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hansel and Gretel style? I don't know. But <laughs> not good. And they said Amarantha's wrath could have brought down the skies themselves. But the King of Highburn told her to stay down. Yeah, they finally, her and Jurian confronted each other later. And since then, Amarantha has always hated humans. This one measly human. I think she hated humans. She hated everything before. Yeah, like but she this hated like- everything, but okay. Also, we need to include the part of she kind of cost the king the war a good bit. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't know why he was still putting up with her sh- for being honest, but yeah. he's not that great either, so. No. I think they just wanted bloodthirsty, attracts bloodthirsty, yeah. so. Oh, yeah. So, after that, the two sides made the treaty, and then she en- ended up butchering her own slaves rather than freeing them, because of course. And then centuries later, the High Lords believed her when she said that the death of her sister had changed her. Changed her. I don't know what and they she, thought some kind of change And she did all happened. these amazing things now. Yeah. Until um, she didn't. Yeah, until she didn't. The High Lords didn't know about those ships that she talked about trading through, whatever. Also brought over um, her own personal forces. The King of Highburn also didn't know she was up to all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 50 years later, she decided she wanted Prithian for her own. 
in hope of destroying the human world. Uh, and she wanted to do all of this no matter what the king of Hybern thought. So 49 years ago, she struck. She knew that even with her per- own personal army, she couldn't conquer the seven high lords. So she kind of came up with this plan. Yeah. Do y'all remember the plan? No? Okay. I mean, is it a part of the curse or her just yeah. getting So she there? held a ball. And during the ball, she ended up having this potion, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. with the wine it mm-hmm. was in the wine and you drink it and it took away your power yeah so it took away their magic and that kind of let her overpower them in a way because they didn't have the power because mm-hmm. the high before. lords the high lords had way more power than she did yeah like way more mm-hmm. power than and she did she wants to take them over take over prithia and then i'm saying this to also figure it out myself in this moment <laughs> so that's why i made you do this yep 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 <laughs> Like, Caitlin explained this, and I'm like, uh, okay. And Alice tells Feyre that what she sees as Tamlin is only a fraction of what he used to be, because he yeah. used to be so powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after all this, Amarantha ended up getting some power over Prithium. Mm-hmm. And she'd been waiting, uh, or over the past 49 years, all of them have basically been her slaves. Mm-hmm. And for 49 years, she'd just been biding her time, waiting for the moment to break the treaty and take over the human lands. Mm-hmm. And you want to go ahead and get into the, the curse itself? Yeah. So Tamlin would not join her alliance, mm-hmm. would not bed her. Yeah, because she just wants to sleep with him. She wants to sleep with him. <laughs> and so he's like, no f*** you, bitch. And she Pretty was <laughs> she's like, okay, fine. I'm going to curse you to wear a mask. Your whole court's mm-hmm. got to wear a mask. And you got to make a human who has hate in their heart fall in love with you mm-hmm. and say the words before your time is up. And, I mean, that's very Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. She's like, okay, we're going to hold this party and the spring court has to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Huh? Is she? No, not at all. Oh, okay. Now the masks are stuck on you. Mm-hmm. Okay, now there's this curse. She has to love you until the last rose petal falls. Oh, wait, not this story. I mean, it's basically Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah this part is. And can we just talk about the fact that what if it wasn't Pharaoh that well, <laughs> killed the wolf? What if it was her dad? <laughs> well, in addition to this, like as part of the curse, the human has to kill. Mm-hmm. one of them first mm-hmm. then he has to make yeah, that yeah, person yeah. fall in love with them yeah back up a little bit before the mention of the curse Feyre mentions the blight which the word blight I kept on hearing in books and I didn't realize exactly what it was till reading this recently mm-hmm. uh, yeah Alice is like there is no blight like there is no sickness on the lands besides Amarantha and Feyre's like oh okay she mentions the curse, like we just said. Mm-hmm. If he wanted to break this curse, he needed to find a human with enough hate in her heart for Faye and kill a Faye. Um, and even like the treaty thing that he mentioned. About yeah, that was a life for a life. Oh, bullshit. Even bullshit. He lied to her before she left. He was like, I'll take your I'll take your part of the treaty. Like, yeah. I'll, I'll take on your your oath or whatever. He's trying so hard. He doesn't think anyone's going to reveal all of his secrets. But <sighs> I'm like. Honey, there will be a time and a place. Mm-hmm. It's right now. It's right now. We're under that mountain. It's right now. Not that Faerith even thinks of that. No, she doesn't because she's got one thing on her mind. Mm-hmm. Well, a couple. I love him. <laughs> but um, Andres, An- Andres mm-hmm. he was sent there for the purpose of her killing, killing him. him. Yeah. Like Tamlin had sent multiple people out there. And whenever this. Tamlin or Lucian or whoever was like, Andres was sent to find the cure, it was to enact this whole plan. Yeah. The cure, quote unquote, was, was her. Feyre. And I'm like, mind blown. Every time I read this, mind blown. I'm like, whoa. Okay. And uh, I love whenever Alice kind of like snaps at her and she's like, you could have broken the curse. All you had to do was say you loved him. Say you love him and mean it with your whole useless human heart and his power would have been freed. You stupid, stupid girl. Mm-hmm. Like Alice is over it. And honestly, I don't blame her a single yeah. bit. Like her world is falling apart right now mm-hmm. because of this stupid human. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, y'all could have tried a little bit harder with Feyre. I'm just putting that out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone could have tried just a little bit. Would it, would it still work? The cure still work if they were like, "Hey, Feyre, you have to um, tell him how you feel." <laughs> I think they were barred from saying anything okay. like that. 
Because, like, part of the curse is that they can't mention the curse. Well, apparently they can mention some of it. <laughs> well, now she can. Now Alice can because mm-hmm. that part of the curse is yeah. lifted. There's a part of it that isn't, but that part is. And uh, Ferris thinks, I remember that pathetic effort to flatter me upon my arrival and that he'd given up on it on any attempt to win me when I so de- when I was so desperate to get away to never talk to him. But he'd fallen in love with me despite all of that. Despite all of her thorns. Mm-hmm. Known I loved him. He knew it. And he let me go with days to spare. He put me before his entire court. Before all of Prithian. Idiot. Yeah. yeah. Idiot. Yeah. You have all these people dressed in you. And you're just going to. For a measly human. Come on. Priorities. I mean, I've never been in love. I don't know. But priorities. Come on. Just wait till we get to a episode five because it's going it could have it could have been a win-win situation and he made it a lose-lose situation (laughs) he definitely did (laughs) and then farah asks alice how to get under the mountain under the mountain under and mountain are capitalized it is a place it's not just going under a mountain or it also is going under a mountain but (laughs) but it's called under the mountain (laughs) i try to capitalize all of them but some sometimes i I, I wasn't commenting on your notes and i'm not looking at them right now she's emphasizing to our listeners i'm I'm noticing like in the book like it is under the mountain that is what it is called Mm -hmm. and alice is like um no not a good idea but then she goes with it anyway. She's mm-hmm. like, honestly, at this point. If it Al- works, it works. Alice says the line, my favorite line of anything. As you wish. As you wish. Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. As you wish. As he's rolling down the hill. Mm-hmm. So Ferris planning on going under the mountain to save Tamlin. Mm-hmm. So she came back to Prithian for Claire, evidently. Now it's going under the mountain for Tamlin. Mm-hmm. Still having and no plan. No plan whatsoever. No plan. No She's going to be like Doctor Strange. I've come to bargain. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> She's got weapons on her that she knows Are won't useless. work. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, her being her, it still makes sense for her to not be prepared at all. But she's like, what else can I do? Like, That's I'm out of just, options. Mm-hmm. She just wings it. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, but it's okay because it's the first book, so you know it, something works out in her favor. <laughs> yeah, obviously, yeah, there would She's be more. Survive it one way or another, maybe. As Alice and Pharaoh prepare to go under the mountain, <laughs> I don't know what I was <laughs> saying there. Uh, well, you can just continue Alice on and as part of the next. Alice and Pharaoh prepare to go under the mountain. She tells Pharaoh that there is still a part of the curse that it that she can't tell her about. She told Farah to listen. Alice tells her to stay alive, not to drink fairy wine. It's really funny. It's, it's stay alive. That she tells her to listen when Farah does the complete opposite of that most of the yeah. time. <laughs> and then Farah goes under the mountain. Okay, so she does her mantra of stay with the high lord, and she's like, I really messed that up. I wonder what would happen if I did stay. Mm-hmm. And then Alice is like, do you have a plan? And she's like, nope. no. <laughs> and then, like, Alice being like, listen 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 which me saying that right now Mm -hmm. i say that all the time so (laughs) listen to everything that you are told girl she's like i can't tell you what i know right now but listen to every little thing Mm -hmm. don't be stupid you're told listen to what everybody is saying Uh, even that i was like okay i'm gonna pay attention to everything from here on (laughs) as the reader i must also follow this rule What's hilarious is that what she's referring to is stuff that's already been mentioned in the beginning. It'll be mentioned again. And Caitlin still has no idea. <laughs> On the third time reading. What are you referring to? Okay, I know the thing that you were talking about now. Which one? I read that this morning. You read the notes or you read that? I, I read the book. Okay. <laughs> You came in right after I finished, and I was like, I'm done. Um, well, that means nothing with you. <laughs> You've read this book three I times. I actually read the last three chapters. Like, I did very little skimming. Thank you very much. I'm very proud of you. You should I, I was like, I need to pay attention right now. You shouldn't. Have, <laughs> it was well, 7 a.m. Okay, first off, your man was in it, so you didn't, you were paying barely. attention to that. Barely. He's like a big part of one whole chapter. He's there. Let's get back to this instead of arguing. She makes her way (laughs) through the cold, dark cave. She is stopped by a long, bony hand on her arm. She hears something greet her, only to discover it is the Ator. The freaking Ator? Ator. I feel like they need a better name. They need to be 
more nightmarish name. What do you mean? It mm-hmm. means venom. Evidently, people name their children it. So yeah. venom. I mean, I might name my child Ator over Tamlin. Like if I was given a choice, <laughs> <laughs> like you have to name your child one of these things. <laughs> Ator, and I'll just call him Atty. Atty. <laughs> Chapter 34. The Ator drags her to the throne room by her arm. Pharaoh changed the names of all the people she wanted to protect. Tamron. Uh, Tamron. <laughs> Tamron. It's tasty, but that's not what we're talking about. Tamlin. Alice and her boys, her sisters, and Lucian in her head to keep her grounded as she walks alongside the Ator. They proceed into the throne room, and the Ator throw her down on the marble floor in front of Amaranthus, who's sitting on a dais with Tamlin behind her. Do we have a description? Okay. Because the way I picture Amarantha and the way that she actually looks is different. Yeah. And I feel like I've had different descriptions of Amarantha mentioned throughout the books. Mm Mm-hmm. I think my favorite part, though, is Feyre saying, eh, she's not as pretty as I thought she would be. Yeah. <laughs> but evidently, let's see, she has red gold hair. Oh, same. <laughs> Woven uh, through her golden crown and white, like snow white skin. Oh, my gosh. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> You're Ruby lips. And then ebony eyes. She says to paint her would have driven me to madness, but she's not that pretty, I guess. So. <laughs> me, <laughs> beautiful steely blue oh, eyes. The darkness hasn't consumed me the way it has consumed her. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> not yet. You haven't had. I'm your, on my way. You haven't had your villain arc yet. <laughs> my reputation era. A la Taylor Swift. Farah looks at Tamlin and sees no emotion on his face. And Marantha asks what this human beast was doing here. The Ator tells Farah to explain how she had gotten here from the Spring Court entrance. Farah tells her that she came to claim the one she loves. She looks at Tamlin as she says this, hope. hoping it would break the okay, curse. Okay, I was like. So is this her I love you moment yes. that you were talking about? Yes, it is. She doesn't say I love you to him. She tells Amarantha, I'm getting the person that I love. Which could mean anybody at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lucian. It's Lucian. My baby. My man's. She looks at Tamlin as she says this, hoping that this would break the curse. Tamlin still seems unmoved by the statement, however. Always got a got a mask on, eh? <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> the whole book. <laughs> the whole book. <laughs> Several. <laughs> Amarantha laughs at this. She's shocked Tamlin actually got a lowly human to fall for him and how he let Amarantha torture another human girl to keep Feyre safe. Then Amarantha proceeds to show her the mangled corpse of Claire Bador hanging on display on the cavern walls. Amarantha thanks her for giving Reese the wrong name so they could torture. Wait, torture her as in torture Claire or as in torture Feyre? I think Claire. Claire. She's like, oh, I get more to torture right now. I was she, like, because it could like, be mentally torturing Feyre. Yeah. No, but it, Feyre, it but. was thanking her because Claire had such wonderful screams. screams. And as usual, Feyre racks herself with guilt over Claire's torture and death. Rightfully so. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That sucks for me because... You know, I have a friend that if anybody asks for my name, I always give them hers. I would just do it on automatic at this point. I mean, saving your own ass. Like, Mm -hmm. and she didn't know Claire that well. Like, she wasn't uh, best friend with Claire or anything. You just, like, randomly remembered her out of the people. And it was in the moment. Like, she didn't know what was going to happen. But, Mm -hmm. I mean, the guilt is there, rightfully. Feyre is in shock that Tamlin let them do this to Claire just to keep them from getting to her. She asked Tamlin if he ever suspected this to happen. She asked Tamlin, did he ever expect Feyre to come and save him? Okay, I was like... He should have. But he didn't. That, that, that more context makes sense now. Okay, because I was like, um, where am I at? Tamlin tells Amarantha he had never seen Feyre before in his life. <laughs> He wrote here was probably joke perpetrated by recent. <laughs> what? Well, obviously Tamlin's gonna lie and says he's never seen her before in his life as a way to never protect her. Seen that woman before? Mm-hmm. Oh no, I did not sleep with her a month ago. <laughs> was it even a month? I huh? don't know. What? How? What? How? How much time has it changed between them sleeping together and this? Well, it also takes a while to get back to the human world. It takes a few days. Yeah, it takes two days. Mm-hmm. Oh. So probably about a month, maybe. And she was back in town for a little bit. So I would say a month. Amarantha told him that was a terrible lie. She asked him if he had feelings for the human girl, despite him swearing he never would. And, and then Amarantha starts talking to the eyeball ring on her finger, co- 
calling it durian. This part, I was like, uh. <laughs> You're like, this girl <laughs> is psycho. Yeah. Her and her things with eyes. <laughs> I know. I was like, we still haven't mentioned it yet about Lucian's eye. No, but we're getting she there. She takes his eye. Mm-hmm. And she also took Jurian's eye. Mm-hmm. She loves eyeballs. <laughs> Amarantha tells Feyre she will make a bargain with her. If she completes, as in Feyre, completes three tasks, then she will break the curse and they will all remain free forever. To prove her worth, she would give her an easy way out by solving a riddle. Feyre asks what would happen if she failed one of the tasks. Amarantha tells her if she fails, then there will be nothing left of her. And then at this point, Tamlin's face had gone white and his eyes screamed no from far away. <laughs> Feyre knew, however, it was either this or immediate death. She agreed, and Amarantha told them to give her a greeting worthy of her haul. They started beating her, and she felt blood in her mouth before she was knocked unconscious. Also, like, I mean, I know you're in this moment, and you gotta choose one thing or the other, but, like, mm-hmm. trusting that Amarantha's gonna go with her word and be like, oh, yeah, you'll be free after you do all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, and she said that the riddle was an immediate out. Yeah. You have two choices. Not really, but two choices. Three, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Die. Die immediately. Immediately solve the riddle and all this will be over or complete three tasks. <laughs> really? All of them and then you're done. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you that because fairies can lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very obvious after <laughs> Alice had told her that, you know, not to make a bargain unless it's absolutely necessary. necessary. However, it's what she does immediately. It's what she does several times coming up. <laughs> Well, that, but also, <laughs> Any, like... I've come to bargain. Anything it's, Alice told her not to do, she does. Well, Let's just also, be real. Well, <laughs> also, it's that they don't, like, Farrah doesn't realize how specific wording she has to give for this bargain for yeah. it to be... You have to listen to everything. Mm-hmm. You have to, like... Choose your words carefully. You choose your words so carefully. All right, so because I could see so much of what this was based off of, it was kind of hard to just, like, sit on my thumbs and not talk about it. Mm-hmm. Roll your thumbs, sit on your thumbs. Sit on your thumbs, you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, it's a saying, too. I didn't know that was a saying. Yeah. Cool. You sit on your thumb. Um, so you're not like thumbs up in everyone? <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, damn. <laughs> so you're not using your thumb and your three other fingers to pick stuff up? <laughs> nope. Anyway. <laughs> so as you know, this is a Beauty and the Beast retelling. Really? Really? Yeah, you didn't know that. One of the first uh, times we hear about this kind of story is actually from Greek mythology. And it's the story of Cupid and Psyche. Or psych, however you want to pronounce it. But a lot of people say that this one in particular, you even said it on our first episode, that it was based off east of the sun, west of the moon. I did not pull it out of my ass. I looked it up. Yeah, you looked it up because you had no idea who, what it was. And this is very similar to the Cupid and Psyche retelling. Um, If you are a folklore nerd or a legends story nerd you know that there's a arn thompson index teletype index which tells you what uh story type this would fall under and this one is type 425a which is search of the lost husband and it's a lot like the story of cupid and psyche so buckle up this is east of the sun west of the moon it's a slavic tale and i'm gonna make it very bridge because i gotta get through a few of these this man who is very poor has very pretty children very very beautiful children well a white bear comes in and he's like hey give me your youngest child i will give you as much money as you are poor right now and the dad's like oh and this was a thursday and he's like i bet (laughs) and so (laughs) this was a thursday (laughs) it was a thursday it's very important that it's on a thursday for some reason and so i don't know if it's because it's it's a it's i said slavic it's a norse tale it's a norse fairy tale so it's like yeah thursday's thursday so that might be why i apologize it is not slavic it's norse he asks the daughter he's like hey can you marry this white bear for me so that uh i can be rich and she's like no (laughs) and he's like he's like okay so he goes back to the white bear and he's like come back next thursday (laughs) and ask again (laughs) so he's like just think about it how happy i'll be and your siblings 
and your mama will be. Just marry the white bear. And eventually she's like, okay. <laughs> so he comes to get her the next Thursday and she rides on his white, like she rides on his back to where they where the palace is or whatever and he's a white bear so it reminded me of the white horse she had to ride i mean it made more sense if she rode on tamlin but that's not where we are yet in the book hold on um, tight spider monkey <laughs> <laughs> um anyway how has that not happened the tamlin her, her and Edward. riding on his back I don't know. It's just not a thing. They go to this place and she's left alone. Um, Very rich, very beautiful house. Every night he comes, something comes in. It's a human, but she can never actually see him. And so he just lays down in bed beside her every night. And so she tells him that she's missing her family and whatnot. And he's like, okay, you can go see your family, but do not get alone with your mother. Don't talk alone to your mother because... We will have bad luck if you do. That's all the explanation. Mother is great. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, just like mother-in-law <laughs> trauma. Just oh, he does. It, it gets better. So she's like, oh, okay. Well, then Mama eventually gets her alone after some convincing. Uh, so she's like, so what's actually going on at your house? She tells her, and she's like, what if he's a troll? Like he must be a troll. And so she's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He must be a troll. And yeah, so. That's it. She gets a candle or something, and that night she looks over at him, and he is the most beautiful man she had ever seen in her life. And so at that moment, she instantly falls in love with him. She's like, I just have to kiss him. And as she does it, three, like, drips of wax fall on him. And he wakes up screaming, and he said, you fool! If you would have only waited till the end of the year, I could have been human. I was cursed by my stepmother, and I have to be a bear during the day, a white bear during the day. And now I have to go to her palace, which is east of the sun, west of the moon, and marry this ugly woman, this... what. I can't remember if it was like her nose was like three eels long or something. And then he runs away. And so she's like, well, damn, I really liked him. She's like, I'm going to find the palace. He told me it was east of the sun, west of the moon. So she goes and meets an old hag. The old hag tells her she doesn't know where it is. But she can take her horse and ask her sister who lives on down the road. And she's like, okay. Just giving this woman her horse? Well, she says, when when you get there, flicker... Look at here and it'll run back to the back to its uh, back to its home, and then she does it to the second sister. The second sister says the same thing. Well, go see my other sister. Bring me my horse. You know, flick the horse's ear, and it'll come back. Well, then the third sister's like, okay. Well, now you got to go talk to the wind because yeah. that's how it goes. One wind, it's like the east wind. I can't remember. I, don't quote me on the winds because I'm not white there. But oh. The east wind, yeah, go talk to him. Maybe he'll know. And the east wind's like, no, I don't. But maybe the west wind does. I don't go that far. And so... (laughs) I don't go that way. (laughs) I don't go that way. And so, because it's east of the sun and west of the moon. Goes to the second wind. The wind's like, "Mm, no, but... Our brother is very, very old. And if he hasn't heard of it, then you're just out of luck. And so she's like... And like throughout the whole journey, they're like, so are you afraid? And she's like, mm, nah. And <laughs> like, that's a reoccurring theme. Well, this one wind knows how to get there. So he takes her to the palace, which is east of the sun, west of the moon. And she sees the man. I think there was some sleeping potion involved, so she could never see him. And finally, she keeps him awake long enough to tell him that she's there. And he's like, you came just in time because tomorrow I'm supposed to marry the princess with the nose as, as long as three eels. He's like, okay, here's what's going to happen. So you spilt that wax on my shirt, right? So I'm going to tell him that I need a woman to prove that she can be my wife by doing womanly duties and washing my shirt for me, which a troll apparently can't do. And anyway, that's how he she washes a shirt for him and it's magically pristine and so stepmother was like foiled and then they got to live happily ever after it's a very strange story yeah not for me not for me and then the whole uh him being a bear thing is what really got me that was just the beginning yeah so after that i was just like it's it's crazy and then tamlin story of tamlin yeah there is a story it's called tam 
Lynn. Pam space Lynn. Yeah. And uh, it is about a story. I didn't read the story because it's actually a novel from like 1910. And I, I think it is based off of folklore. There's one earlier than that from like the 1880s that is very, very similar, like the same storyline, but different. Um, but he said he took stuff from folklore. So I don't know. Which is the more common of the two. This Tamlin person gets captured by the queen of the fairies and his true love has to come and save him so that's why tamlin is named tamlin and then what i think of every time i watch or i read this story is the spirited away by hayao miyazaki which is a studio ghibli film where chihiro has to go through these trials to figure out who her like to her parents get turned into pigs. She's got to figure out who they are, and they escape the goat, the spirit world. I'm uh-huh. gonna tell you what I told Zila. Uh-huh. I haven't seen a single Studio Ghibli movie. You need to. That's exactly They're what she told amazing. me. Amazing. The thing is, is I got came to like the feeling recently of wanting to watch them. Wait, but you never watched one? Uh uh-uh. uh Even she's watched one. Yeah, I haven't. And they I were seen on House Moving House on it was weird. It's wonderful. I, that's the one I want to watch. Mm-hmm. House yeah, Moving Castle like is. It. I love House, but Moving. it's not like on any yeah. streaming service. So yeah, I watched it on DVD in 2014. So I, I love. Sila got so offended that I hadn't yeah. seen one though. It was really funny. Spirited Away is my favorite. That It'll be my all-time be part favorite. Of your personality. It, yeah. it probably will be after Studio I watch Ghibli? it. <laughs> Studio Ghibli. I have I have stickers. I have stickers of Princess Mononoke on my on my vehicle. See, mm-hmm. that's the thing. I know of almost all yeah. of them. I just haven't mm-hmm. seen any of them. <laughs> but anyway, for the premise, there's this evil witch that has control over everybody that works at this like spiritual bathhouse. And you will see a character pop up in the next few in the next episode that is reminds me so much of Haku because she can never figure out what Haku's intentions are throughout the whole thing like she's like is he good or is he bad like I don't understand like he's the henchman like he's the right hand of of the bad woman at just that that whole storyline reminds me a lot of spirited away and then later it's Howl's moving castle that i get i get bobs from you've already made one note about that so. yeah well yeah and funny enough it's the same character the same character uh-huh. wikipedia and tamlin and it's a legendary ballad yeah it's a ballad scotland mm-hmm. it's based off that yeah yeah and the ballad itself it's about like <laughs> kinds of stuff mm-hmm. it says um most variants of it begin with the warning that tamlin collects either a possession or the virginity of a maiden <laughs> and mm-hmm. it just like talks about that basically oh yeah because this girl who finds out she's pregnant <laughs> and she's like the father is either and she says that the baby's father is an elf <laughs> and all kinds of stuff I don't know. It's wild. Y'all look up this stuff because it's it's not my vibe. It's interesting. I love wild stories like that, though. It's so wild. I think that's why I liked this book more than you two did was because I focused so much on like what it pulled from Mm -hmm. and like the trials she's gonna go through and like the hardships I really enjoyed that part of this book yeah yeah. it's each book in this series is like almost for a different kind of reader it is Mm -hmm. because this one is like if you're into like slow moving and the legends and everything and then like the trial type story, this one's for you. The second one, I, I call that the tropey one. That one's my favorite. Tropey Makes reason. sense. <laughs> yeah. And the third one is like a war story. Yeah, it is. Like war and adventure. Mm-hmm. So like it's for different kinds of readers. Yeah. It's weird it's that it's fun. all in one series. Yeah, and it's all following the same character. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wait, are all the the books from pharaoh's like point of view mm-hmm. okay there's, there's one part not silver flames it's not but there's one part where it is reese's mm-hmm. point of view possibly early on possibly not we'll, we'll get to that yeah 
And it's all first person and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't remember if Silver Flames is third or first person because it's two different points of views. But I don't. I feel like she switched it to third person with two point of views. I'll have to look. I have the book. I'll look in a minute. It's third person. Yeah. Because the novella's third person. Uh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. And it's got all four. Yeah. Points of view. I think that about wraps it up today. Mm-hmm. We good. Yeah, we mm-hmm. good. Um, we got one more episode talking about Akatar, and then we'll move into A Court of Mist and Fury after that. But this next episode is going to be wild. It'll also probably be very long because it's a good chunk of the book. It's also my favorite part of the book. Yeah, because it's so much more intense. And you have <laughs> a lot to more going on. And it's good. We had to put it all together because yeah. it's such an intense. Yeah. Uh, there, there's not a, a breaking yeah. point in the between. The plot's moving, intrigue, tons of character stuff. Feyre is going through the ringer physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, my man's is in it. Spiritually. <laughs> Spiritually. My man's is in it. So I'm happy about that. And he's being a manipulative SOB, but I'm like. That's what Caitlin loves. <laughs> not real life. I got issues. <laughs> That's why she doesn't date. She's terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I know what I'm into and I can't. <laughs> but yeah. I think that's it for today, and I guess we'll see you next time with more Akotar. So, thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.